Good morning, this is Tom Clark, Papa Tom, with the Father's Heart Media and Papa Tom's Tales Children's Books. I'm here today with uh, a new guest, uh, Heidi Mortensen from Minnesota, Minnesota, up, up in the cold area up there. Yeah. And uh, I would like to introduce to you, uh, to our audience, Heidi, in a moment, but I just want to remind our audience that the Father's Heart Media is all about connection. In fact, we've just put the headline on our new website, which says connection, because that's what we're all about. And everyone knows our mission statement at the end of the age. We want to bring the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, and that's about connection. So in the general sense, our commitment to our audience is connection. And specifically today, we want to help our audience um, get connected in their relationships with people in their family or even outside their family by overcoming offense. And Heidi has a particular gifting in this area. She's uh, spiritually enlightened out of the word to bring the word to us today. Uh, and it's also part of her business and ministry to help people with this one issue of overcoming offense. And she'll bring up a solution at the end of the podcast that she's labeled radical grace. But before we talk about that, we have to define what it is that um, the... Um, people need radical grace for and uh, that is in the process of helping overcome offense so our commitment to you today is that we'll show you how to overcome offense if you listen that takes about 30 minutes so uh, before i introduce heidi again i want to pray for our audience that the eyes and ears of their spirits will be opened and that god will be able to present god the father out of his loving heart will share with them things that come out of his word, that they'll understand the truth and they'll understand the love that he has for them to help them overcome any form of fear or any form of um, uh, any thought that interjects itself to interfere with love and truth coming together to set people free. So with that in mind, I, I want to introduce Heidi Mortensen. Heidi, say hello to our audience. Tell them a little bit about oh. yourself. Yeah, so happy to be here. Um, so I am a licensed marriage and family therapist from the state of Minnesota. Um, I'm married and I have three children. My husband and I actually work together in our private practice called Bridging Hope Counseling. And I myself have kind of stepped out with Bridging Mental Health and Jesus and have a podcast as well with Charisma Media called Strong Tower Mental Health. And my ministry website is Heidi Mortensen LMFT. Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist.com. So Very I'm really good. excited to be here. And I'm also working on a book called The Brave Encourager. So that will be coming out in within a month, I'd say. <laughs> Great. So Heidi is a fellow podcaster audience. And she has her own podcast. So we're going to share this podcast through her network and vice versa. I'm going to do another one with her uh, coming up after this. Okay, so Heidi, we had our conversation, uh, Charisma Podcast Network got us connected, we began to talk yeah. to each other about things, we said, you know, we should do a podcast together, and the yeah. subject came up, uh, where in your counseling, you realized that um, many people, maybe even many times, several times a day, actually get offended by people in their lives, everything from family members, to co-workers, to friends, the opportunity for uh, people to get offended is numerous, and yet we realize that Jesus himself was never offended. Right. And we want to address that issue. Why was he not offended, and yet 
uh, everyone in our audience at some point in time in their life has been offended. And maybe uh, that issue of being offended has interrupted the connections that they can have, the relationships they have with people who are important to them. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd invite your listeners right now to just think about people in your life, people that you love, and even people that you just have to deal with every day. Maybe it's somebody at work that you you don't love, but notice the offense that you have towards them. Notice any frustrations or things that you have. And so we just kind of want to stir up you to even think about these relationships where you have that offense, which decreases the connection that God actually wants for us. And again, I don't think you're doing it intentionally. I don't do it intentionally. I don't get offended intentionally, but we are, that is our flesh and it shows up. So being aware of it allows us to be able to bring that to the Lord. You know, everybody that's been offended that I've ever talked to was offended because they'll say, this person said this to me. It was the words that came out of their mouth that caused them to be offended. Right. Well, and sometimes we don't want to go there, but if we are offended, it actually says more about us than it says about them. What does it say about us? It says about us that there's more in there that God needs to deal with. So if we look at John 15, that uh he takes away the dead branches and he prunes the fruit so that you will bear more fruit. There's some dead branches there if we are getting offended. Like you said, Jesus never got offended because there's no reason to. He knows who he is. That's the point. That's the point. He is. He always knew who he was. So that what the Pharisee said to him or anybody else said to him, it didn't take him off the dime. It was he's got his mind focused on I know who I am, and that's who I am. And no matter what you say, it's not gonna change my view of myself. And as importantly, it's not going to change God the Father's view of myself. And he said that not just as the Son of God. He said that as the Son of Man, out of his humanity, he knew who he was. Right. And that's who we are. Like, we're made in the image of God. And so we have the same substance. The Holy Spirit is living inside of us breathing in us, giving us life. And we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we're matched with him. Mm -hmm. And so when we're, when our flesh is misaligned, we've got to get ourselves back, back aligned to who we truly are. That's how we, we can repent. We can Mm -hmm. say, I'm sorry, God, you know, and just quickly align ourselves back with repentance and bringing, bringing that presence back, the awareness of the truth of who we are Mm -hmm. and the truth of our identity that we are made in his image, and that's who we are. Maybe you could give us an example of a story or an incident that happened. Uh, perhaps somebody in your family member, could be a husband, could be a child, doesn't matter, um, where uh, offense happened. And, oh, yeah, I got plenty and, of them. <laughs> and, and, and how in, in the words that were exchanged, yes, you lost sight of who you were. Yes. Okay. So I do have a story and this story actually sheds light into our other topic that we talked about. The solution to this is radical grace. Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband and I have, like I said, we have three kids and he had one, I had two. And there was a night that they had activities and we were coming, they were going to bed a little bit later. So mm-hmm. I was tired. I get up early for the gym. I want to go to bed. I'm noticing that I'm a little bit crabby. But I come home and he's cuddling with one of our kids and I want them to go to bed. I don't want to cuddle. And I said to him, you can put them to bed. I'm going to just go to bed then. 
And he got frustrated with me saying that. And he then started yelling at me in front of the kids. So then we're fighting in front of the kids. And he said, you need to figure this thing out when you're tired. So that's what he said to me. And I just kind of shut, shut off and we're fighting, you know, mm-hmm. he then takes the, we take the, we both take the kids to bed. Right. And before I go to bed, I'm still kind of stewing. I'm just like frustrated. I'm annoyed. You know, if only he could just give me grace. I'm tired. Why can't he just give me grace? Sometimes it's okay to be tired. You know, I'm spinning in my head. And then my brain goes to, he doesn't understand. He doesn't have compassion. He's not praying enough. Okay. You know, this is what the enemy does. Just whoop, spins all these negative thoughts. And so I'm laying there and I'm like, oh, I know, I know, I know God, I know you love him. So, so I repent. I said, God, I'm sorry for being frustrated. You know, forcing myself to say this. And then I said, I honor my husband. I love my husband. I honor my husband. I love my husband. I'm speaking that and declaring that. And I do not feel that at all, Mm -hmm. but I know that what God says is more true than what I feel. So you you were speaking the word. Yes. And do you have any idea why he was frustrated with you? Because I wasn't being patient with him. And I wasn't actually seeing. I mean, when I look back at the situation, he was being an amazing dad, cuddling with his kids and wanting to give them five to ten more minutes of of mom and dad time. Like, he's that's an awesome guy. Like, he was being being Jesus to our kids. He was loving on them. Yes. Yes. Like, so I'm coming in and... I'm thinking that he needs to have radical grace for me, but I'm the one that was stopping God from moving in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's like a Mary Martha situation. Yes. <laughs> he, yeah. was t- he was taking the better course. But I wasn't able to see that though until, so in the morning when I woke up, I know we're not supposed to go to bed um, angry, but I got in the morning, God showed me radical grace for my husband. And Which that I, that yes, I was want, thinking that he needed to have it for me. I needed to have it for him for yelling at me in the moment. And that's when he showed me that he was being an amazing dad. But the revelation came because I opened up the door to God mm-hmm. by repenting and declaring the word. And in the morning, I didn't have any frustration towards my husband. And you know what he said to me when he came to me? What? He said, I love you just the way that you are. Perfect. Perfect. And I told him, I love you just the way that you are. So mm-hmm. even though I was frustrated, mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, paying attention to God moving in my husband. He still loves me. Well, you, you let's unpack for our audience what you mean by radical grace. Unpack for our audience what you mean by radical grace. How is that term? that term, that phrase that you just coined, a radical grace. What does it mean? It's a good question. <laughs> of course, that's so, why we're on this podcast. <laughs> right. So regular grace, you know, just grace is undeserved favor. Mm-hmm. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins, for our, you know, everything that we do. I mean, it's finished. There's nothing that we need to do. And what we do as humans is we kind of punish ourselves. We punish each other. And even just in the, like our government system, it's Mm -hmm. like set up to punish us. And if you do something wrong, this is what happens. You get a fine. And, and so we're kind of set up to mentally like punish each other and punish ourselves. And if we don't do that, it doesn't 
like it doesn't make sense to us. It's just too good. And the the cross, the gospel is kind of too good for some people. Mm-hmm. And so radical grace is really captivating what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. He said, like what the gospel says, it's yeah. captivating that at a bigger and deeper level to a place where it's almost offensive to receive it. So for example, if, if someone experiences abuse where it's just horrible and it's like not okay, physical, sexual, emotional, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it's not okay. But the blood of Jesus still covers that abuse, but it's our choice to be able to receive it. So when, whenever somebody experiences abuse, we have to be able to still forgive. You know, you used the two terms come up to my mind when you started to talk. One was gospel. Gospel in Hebrew actually means it's too good to be true, but it is true. And uh, that's an interesting way to look at the depth of what that word gospel, good news means. It's too good to be true, but it is true. And the second thing is what makes uh, any grace, why isn't any grace radical? I mean, grace itself was radical in its sense, in, in its in its uh, nascent uh, form. Uh, you can find uh, grace, as you mentioned before, is unmerited favor, undeserved, unmerited. So um, the very nature of grace is radical. What makes this particular grace more radical than regular grace? <laughs> like, because there's no, there's no gray. There's no gray. I think sometimes we... We think we are giving grace, but it's actually just a little bit of, oh, you're okay, you know, you're yeah. fine. And we're still holding on to offense. We've maybe kind of forgiven them or we're kind of over it and we'll kind of be nice to them, but we're still spinning inside. We're still punishing them for whatever they did and we're not free. Yeah. We're I, still, there's still oh, a little bit of. I hear you. I mean, we're uh, still bound a little bit. In my church community, in my Christian community, that I belong to, and I'm I'm not religious person, by the way. I'm just consider myself spiritual person, but cer- uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, from a believer's point of view, I have uh, Christian friends, and one of the things that I bring up to them sometimes as Christian friends is uh, people like uh, Biden, Joe Biden, and Nancy Pelosi, and AOC, and you know the, the regular list of characters of people that they actually hate. I think these people because of their policies of what they're doing. And I talked to them about, what do you think God thinks about Joe Biden? Does he really hate Joe Biden? Or does he love Joe Biden? (laughs) What would you think about, uh, or Hillary Clinton's probably the worst example. You know, people hate Hillary Clinton. They just can't stand the woman. Um, Does you think God hates Hillary Clinton? Or do you think we could pray for Hillary Clinton to repent, or Joe Biden to repent, any of these people I'm mentioning? Where is the grace from the throne room of God that in, that includes um, praying for somebody to repent when our um, view of them, we're so offended by what they do, yeah. we're so yeah. offended by what they've done, uh, uh, and you can name hundreds of people that are like this, but those are just the, the top of the line you know, examples of people who may actually be pedophiles, some of them, may actually be involved in satanic ritual abuse and and drinking children's blood and all sorts of things that this nation could not possibly 
um, accept the the extreme depravity of sin that's up in these people's lives, and yet radical grace would say you need to love them. Right. You, you need to you know be willing to pray for them to repent for God to accept them. And it would be horrible in our own minds if Hillary Clinton somehow repented and she got into heaven. There's a lot of believers that would say, you know, they don't want that to happen because she deserves to be punished. But radical grace doesn't doesn't say that it's okay what they do. It's, clearly, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make abuse okay. It's saying that we love the human. We love the person. And the Bible says that no man should perish. That means right. no man. Mm -hmm. And I know that I remember reading about Billy Graham really getting a lot of hate mail for going and being at the prayer breakfast meeting for Hillary Clinton or, and, or I think it was Bill Clinton or one, one of them. And I mean, he got hate mail from Christians. Clearly. Well, that's, that's the point I'm trying to bring up. These are not uh, unbelievers that are saying this. These are believers that are saying this. They're right. they're confusing the sin with the sinner. Nobody's you know nobody's saying that sin's okay, but that concept of the person from the the human being from God's point of view is so still valuable that His heart goes out for them and wants them to repent as far as it possibly can. It's one of the things why I think our country has. Um, uh, where time has gone on beyond where most people are willing to accept in what's happening politically in our country, because God is still allowing people to repent of um, what their policies are and their decisions that they've been making. So if, if you are a Christian and your focus is being unoffended on what people are doing, my question would be, how is the level of peace in your home? How is your marriage? How are you, how are your children? How is your relationship with your children? How is your devotional life with the Lord? You know, are you spending that? How, you know, and I'm not judging it. I'm just asking right. how, you know, how, what level of peace are you? Are you connected to the father? Right. You know, because That's if key. we're spending, if we're spending too much time, is there something oh, else? Sorry about that. If we're spend, spending too much time, on let's say something that's on the news or videos that are giving us you know deep information about something and we feel like this is what's going to change the world look at your level of peace in your home look at the time that you are connected to the father that is the most important thing and everything needs to be coming from that place of connection with our heavenly father let him give you the revelations let him teach you what he wants to teach you about those things. I think we can get really, really caught up in evil that's happening and things that are not going well. And it's almost, this is going to sound kind of weird, but it's almost like an addiction. Like I want to know what's going to happen next. I want to know what the next information, I want to know what else is going to happen. And I went through the same thing when I was like on fire for God, I couldn't get enough sermons, but then I'm listening to sermons and I'm not playing with my kids. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I want to introduce another aspect to this, which you started to touch upon. Um, the scripture talks about the prince of the power of the air, which is a, the prince of the power of the air. Scripture talks about the prince of the power of the air as yes. being a demonic spirit. 
The prince yeah. of the power of the air comes from the word Medes, M-E-D-E-S, from which do we get the word media. And media is being used by satanic forces to alter our perception of reality and to prop, introduce propaganda. And the propaganda and the perception of reality that were being introduced through the news media and through other sources too, movies, books, whatever, whatever is coming at us from all different directions is designed to cause us to be afraid and to disconnect us from the love that God the Father has for us and with us. And so this perception thing and propaganda is very bad, very probably is a narrative that uh, is presented to people, but the intention behind the narrative is to cause fear. And if they, if fear can enter into our minds, I should actually say our souls, because our yep. souls are our mind, will, and emotions. Will. So yep. if it enters into our souls, it disconnects the spiritual connection that we have with God the Father. And that's what stops us from, as we were saying before, we get, we get offended. We get offended by what's right. happening. And then we stay small. We stay small. We then aren't loving on people. We're not giving. We're not volunteering. You know, we, we stay small. And God wants us to be big. He wants us to be out there making money, creating businesses, creating jobs, loving on other people. Like, we should be we should be in the government. We should be in the media. Like we we need to be infiltrating all the seven mountains and making an impact from that place being in the throne room with our heavenly father. Mm -hmm. So we're not called to be small. We're not called to run away. We we have all authority and power that Jesus does. He's living inside of us and mm -hmm. we get to go be Jesus to the world. Right. We can't he can't use us if we're afraid. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. When we're offended and we don't have radical grace, we, he can't use us. Mm -hmm. Right. So we put ourselves on the shelf, which is exactly what the enemy wants to see happen. Yes. He wants to put us on the shelf. They're not effective anymore. And he doesn't have to worry about us. We go, he goes on to somebody else. But right. God help him if we come to the realization that, hey, that's not me. Right. I'm this person. I'm not going to get offended by what anybody ever does or says outside of me or even to me. I'm going to be like Yeshua HaMashiach. So I'm going to be like Jesus, who was never offended. He's my example. He was always connected to the Father. He never lost connection with the Father, even up to that point when he was on the cross, when he said, you know, um, that uh, my father forsake him because he took on sin, right? Um, and uh, for... Took on sin who knew no sin, yeah. Right. But... Uh, that was the only time for, I don't know how long it was, a few moments, and he realized that that's what happened, but that very quickly when God accepted his sacrifice, they immediately yeah. got reconnected again. Yeah. Um, so is there any uh, other stories you could tell our uh, listening audience of people who overcame offense and then in the overcoming of the offense the effect that it had on their lives. Before you give that story, I want, I want to mention something to you. So many times I have talked to people and they'll say, I'm not offended. And they are. And, and the evidence of the offense is actually uh, prevalent or evident in their lives. I mean, you can't live your life um, 
not getting me able to sleep at night, or you can't live your life where there are physical manifestations of your life. As you've mentioned before, you keep asking questions about, is there peace in your home? Do you have a good relationship with your spouse? Do you have a relationship because if all those things are absent, don't sit there and say you're not offended because you're in denial. And I've often seen that um, people are in denial because what, who they think they are is not who they really are. Who they think they are is they're, they're functioning out of like a familiar spirit. There's a familiar spirit that tells them this is who they are. That's not really who they are, but they're going to act that out. And well, that, it's, who they, it's who they used to be. So that's yes. why it feels familiar. Yes. It's how they used to be. It's, it's like the old man. You know, Mm-hmm. And they walk so in that old man, and they and they don't get rid of it, and they act like the old man is the new man, and it's not. And it's right. um, and as long as you're in denial, you can't get rid of it, right. because you 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 can't get free of something that you don't think exists. Right. Right. So, uh, can you give us an example of a of a story of uh, uh, maybe one of your clients, obviously without mentioning their names? Or uh, someone. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, the clients is what I was thinking about. Yeah, and I can't give specifics. So I can just right. kind of give a general. Um, I work with trauma, so I work with people who have experienced um, physical and sexual abuse. And what I have experienced when um, people have forgiven their abuser yeah. is a release within them and freedom for their mind to be able to start seeing possibilities. Because before they're in this place of being trapped mm -hmm. and their mind is all about the depression, the anxiety, the PTSD, all just the, ugh, the symptoms like, oh, my medication, disappointment, I have this and I have that. And just really focused in on I'm so depressed, I'm so anxious and all of these struggles that they have. And when they're finally able to say, I forgive my abuser. It's like the heavens are released and God opens up a possibility within them that I can actually start to get like freedom, but it can't happen for me saying, I want it for you. They have to want to do it themselves. Yeah. And then they're able to start moving towards, okay, I, I can actually move. I can move towards hope. I can move towards what God has intended for my life and get, get these diagnoses off the record. And, um, but it doesn't happen when you are staying uh, angry and offended at someone who's really brutally hurt you. Right. Well, you know, I'm reading this interesting book by a woman named Rachel Hamp. In fact, I think she's out in California, maybe running for a political office. But in her personal life, uh, she had gone to like a daycare center, which was run by Satanists. Mm. And some really horrible situations in her life, horrible sexual abuse situations with one of the pastors in her church, um, on and on and on things. Uh, but God brought her out of it. There's these beautiful stories, multiple stories about how God brought her out of these things. Um, but uh, how she was so, um, most of her life up until she was about 40, when this, she started getting released from these when in her late 30s or maybe 40 years old. She already had been married and had three children, um, several children. Um, in any case, the the, the deal, dealing with something where um yes you're offended by something something actually some other person actually did to you it wasn't that they yeah. just said it they actually did and it was horrible what they did 
And how do you get past that offense when you mentioned physical abuse before, when the sexual abuse or the satanic abuses are are, are beyond the pale of, um, and people think they have a right to be offended because of what something was, was what was actually done to them. Yeah. So what what you would do is ask Holy Spirit to highlight the memory for you, mm -hmm. highlight what it is specific, and so get the image in your mind, and then invite Jesus into the memory, invite Jesus into that moment, whether you were a little kid or whether you were a teenager or an adult, whatever age you're at, invite Jesus into that moment mm -hmm. and ask Jesus to reveal to you what he sees. Mm -hmm. And then we want to ask God or ask Jesus, what are the lies that I'm believing? Mm -hmm. What's the truth that you have for me? And we, so we break the, because there's strongholds that stay attached to us from the lies, from the trauma, from the abuse. Right. And so there's all these things that God wants us to believe that we are worthy, that we are loved, we are free. And so offense comes from a hook, from a lie, mm -hmm. from these memories, like real legit stuff, not okay. But that's what the enemy does. The enemy uses other people who have also been abused to then now abuse other people. And even like with Satanists, they're just trying to find their way in the world. And they found that this feels free to them. It feels free to like be humanist and, you know, that, you know, like they believe that they've like reached a higher calling by focusing on humanism. And they're, they're really broken people that just mm -hmm. want to be seen and want to be loved mm -hmm. because who are they made from? They're made from our creator mm -hmm. and so even though they're trying to seek something there's no way out of what the kingdom wants for us mm -hmm. and so i hope that answer is kind of how we can be free and so when jesus then tells you the truth then you declare the truth and you allow the memory to be to be reframed by the truth of what jesus says and then of course we say i forgive her you know i forgive my abusers what do you have to say about them and just, you know, watch what happens. Like when Jesus comes in and heals these broken memories, that offense leaves and radical grace comes in. And we actually now have capacity to love the abuser. And we're now a, this is what I see in counseling is then I see people praying for their abusers and sad for them and even crying for them because they now are able to see in their head. Oh my gosh. They didn't even know what the heck they were doing. I especially see this with like teenage teenagers who are molest children. They've never had anybody talk to them about proper, you know, giving them sex education in a proper way. They're just, they don't know what they're doing. Right. You know, so people are always doing the best they can with what they have. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what, what they have really needs to be upgraded with the father's love. Mm -hmm. They need to be known that they're worthy. And that they're valuable and that they're loved. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Um, let me think. Uh, so what's a takeaway that you think the audience can take with them um, that would help them if they find themselves being, I mean, this is a whole panorama of light being offended because somebody said something to you to being offended because somebody did something to you, to some really heavy duty stuff that people were offended because some very severe things happened. So you've got a whole 
panorama of um, of offenses, if you will, or abuses or, or, yeah. or reactions. So um, how would you be able to uh, uh, express how people can engage with a process um, that, uh, is there an action step, for example, that somebody in the audience could begin to take um, that would be helpful to them that they could take away from this podcast? I think doing the activity that I kind of brought up before, inviting Jesus into the moment of that offense and asking, having him illuminate what he has to say about it, shedding light on it. Mm -hmm. Trust God. I think sometimes we try to be in control of things and we just say we're a Christian, but we're not actually letting God into these moments. Mm -hmm. So if there are moments that you're offended or people that you're offended at, remember this says more about you than it does the other person mm -hmm. because you're the one that's bound, but don't be so hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. God loves us all and he forgives everything. So give it to him and fight the Holy spirit into that moment. Can you even start? I'm thinking of what you're saying. And I, could you even start even before that by asking the Lord, Lord, what am I offended about? Who, who has it? Take an inventory of yourself. That's good. Say, have I been offended? Um, well, how am I reacting yeah. uh, myself? How am I reacting? How uh, right. about who's offended me? What did they say? Yeah. What did they do? Uh, oftentimes, whatever we were experiencing in the moment in our present life, uh, the reason why we got offended because we're being triggered by something that happened to us in the past. Yeah. And they're bringing up a memory of something that we may have been abused or hurt by a um, by a parent or something else when we were a child and now we're adults and we're uh, something happens to us in a, in a day to day in our adult life and we're being triggered by things that came out of our past but yes. we don't want to admit that it exists right. we want to put on this face of of, um, of not of smiles and a face that I'm not a part of my yeah, anything yeah, we need to trust that, that God is he is the mighty counselor we need to trust that he does what he says he does. He will heal us. It is not scary. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He will bring us freedom. Well, that's the key word, freedom. In other words, when you get to uh, a point where uh, you realize that you are offended, you have these issues yourself, you really don't know who you are, you think you know who you are, but you think who you think you are is maybe familiar spirits that have defined you, and it's not the way God has defined you. Yeah. You get offended when people are saying that they're saying, but you're not admitting you're in denial that you're being offended. So it keeps you in that place. You're basically in a place of bondage. You're in a place of bondage, and God wants yeah. to set you free and deliver you so you can yeah. be more fully who He yeah. created you to be. Yeah. Is that it? Yes. I should counsel you. <laughs> You're good. You're good. This is not my business. I, you know, I came out of the financial services industry two years ago, uh, and I got into, the Lord led me into media. I said, what would be media for? He says, you know, and that's why I stopped Papa Tom's Tales, and I had these yeah. dreams. I started writing these children's books because um, it was so much about uh, relational things. You know, there's three areas of the world that people can spend their time in. It's health, wealth, and relationships. And I kind of moved from the financial world 
which is the wealth world, into relationships. And yet relationships are so important to our health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, and it's it's all relational true. stuff. And it's all it's all things that uh, you know are, are it's basically what God's been doing to me, or you know, in my relationship with the Father, that is allowing me to impart out of myself what He's in, imparted into me. And Beautiful. that's why I have these conversations with people like yourself and, um, you know, different things come out that I know that he wants to impart to his children because he yeah. wants us to be free. My middle name is Francis. It's Thomas Francis Clark. So talk about identity. Francis means freedom. If, you, if somebody says to you, can I, can I be frank with you? Can I be free with you? That's what Francis is. Right. Thomas is a word that people use, but biblically speaking, they say twin, you know, um, but that's really a connotation about it. Thomas in the Hebrew really comes from tomer, which means palm tree or upright, like a palm tree. Mm. So you have a tomer, you have freedom. And my last name is Clark, which comes from the word cleric or priestly. And it's related back to being uh, a priest or, or, or a go-between, if you will. So powerful. It's so interesting that it's a it's a Irish Catholic name, Thomas Francis Clark, but it defines a lot in my name who God really wanted me to be and 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 made me to be. And this Papa Tom is a grandfather's take on on that um, function, so to speak. Your listeners are so blessed to have you. It's been an honor to be a guest on your show. Well, I thank you so much for that, and uh, Heidi. And uh, I'm looking forward to being on your show, too. Uh, You know, I don't know if I told you or not, but uh, last year we had 162,000 downloads in 180 countries. And uh, last month was December. We had the most. We had 33,000 downloads in the month of December alone. And one particular podcast caught the attention of 22,000 people. Wow. And that was the spirit of confusion. Mm. which is directly related to the new book that I put out. Uh, Luke, the light bearer defeats the spirit of confusion. So uh, we do want to welcome us use this opportunity to uh, bring our podcast to a close. And we invite our um, listeners to go to the father's heart media.com. You can get a free book um, because my marketing people tell me it's always important to give something away free, but everything in the world is not really free. It's free in exchange for you yeah. subscribing and coming onto our mailing list or email list. Uh, if you put your email list, it will give you a free book. It's about how to talk to God as dad. The five easy steps you can put in your mind to talk to God as dad. Because so many people have this false image who God is. Uh, they Their uh, focus or their imagery of God is Lord God, which is going to be a judge and punish. And he, he does have aspects of that, but to his children, he is Abba. The Hebrew people call him Abba. He is loving, he's fatherly, and he's not going to punish us. There's not that aspect of that relationship unless unless you're, if you're afraid of God the Father, you're not going to be able to talk to him. So you have to get your different mindset and talk to him as dad. Uh, so that's what the first free book is about. Um, and then uh, underneath that, you can uh, purchase uh, a download of, of a nine ninety nine. Of the second book, 
Um, Luke the light bearer defeats the spirit of confusion. It's about transgender. Doesn't mention transgender, gender, uh, uh, what do you call it? Dysphoria. Doesn't mention those words, but it's um, uh, dealing with how children can get confused. And uh, my first book was 24 pages illustrated. This one's 32 pages illustrated. It's got 50% more um, text in it. It's much bigger, developed than my illustrator, Jerry Mossback, did a fantastic job uh, presenting it. It's very, very high quality. Uh, the first book we came out in hard hardcover and uh, soft cover, we realized the soft cover with children, that doesn't work too well because it's it won't last but a couple months. So we're sticking all with hard hardcover books with a good strong binding. Uh, they are multiple colors. You get eight, 10, 12 colors per page. It's beautifully painted, beautifully illustrated, but most importantly, it speaks to the spirit of a child. And at the same time, it speaks to the spirit of the of the um, reader, so that if you if you take the book and speak it out loud, you read it out loud, it has an effect on both the spirits of the parents. And in my last podcast, we really, really want to encourage fathers to be the purchasers of the books, uh, because the, historically, mothers and grandmothers purchased the children's books. We would like to have a cultural change. I'll bring this up to you, Heidi, to encourage your husband to go to the bookstore to buy the books or to go online or wherever he's going to go. And he purchases the books. He reads the books. And he sits down like he was doing with one of your children and cuddling there and reading the book them because the effect that a father has on his own children, out of his own mouth, you know, scripturally you know how powerful the tongue is, right? When a child is hearing his father speak to him, it's 85% more impact than the mother. Yes. And that's why the father should be reading the children's books. Many of them will not start doing this, so maybe the wives and the mothers have to start, or grandmothers need to buy the books, but put the book in the hand of the father and say, we want you to read it. It's okay if the mother reads it, but it's much, much better if the child, if the, uh, if the father reads the books. Yeah. So that's my plug for uh, the the uh, second book, but it's uh, it, it it has so much of a speci uh, spiritual uh, import to it and uh, import to it, um, and uh, it will definitely affect the culture and affect people's lives. That's why we're doing what we're doing, and I look forward to coming on to your uh, podcast as soon as we can make arrangements. And you're welcome to take this when I get it done. It's published, you know, through Prisma. It's got to be on my network. You can also put it on your network if you so choose to do so. Awesome. Thank All you right. so much. So we want to thank our audience and take care. And until next time.